Hey guys, welcome back. This is part two of dealing with chronic pain. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, make sure and you go and go listen to that. Today, I was actually thinking about creative, um, creating versus consuming. And just to share with you guys something, I recorded part two and was so excited. And then I went to go check it afterwards and it was like something happened to it that I had to discard the recordings <laughs> the second time. And mind you, I'm going to be talking about a little bit about energy. And I was just on a good like high that day. I, it was a good day and I was like, yes, let me let me record. I just felt it. And then it just the <laughs> I had to delete the recording. If this is your first time here, I am Jacqueline. I am the creator of this podcast. It's called Amigapreneur. But now I feel like it's evolving into Jacqueline's journey. That's <laughs> what so came in the other day and I'm sharing what's been going on with my life. Usually I do a lot of interviews with amazing women of color who are entrepreneurs and creative and we focus on not only like their business and what they're creating but also their transition and I have not been recording episodes because I have um, I ended up hurting myself and if you listen to part one you will hear what has been going on with that but this is part two and I'm sharing it because I am trying to create more than I consume when you're kind of like having to be forced to be at home and healing and recovering you end up watching a lot of <laughs> a lot of Netflix a lot of binging um, I do try my best to kind of do both um i i've never watched so much tv it's like this is my pandemic <laughs> during the pandemic i was actually working i was able to work from home but this time i'm at home i'm not working and it is so difficult for me to have to be laying in bed and not do the normal things like you know going to work out or going to a cafe like trying to figure out on what really is next and how this has affected me affected me excuse me and so i do try to, i i do as a matter of fact i love watching ted talks i love learning um so yeah i love doing all of those things and i unfortunately can't really write or really be on the computer like typing because the weight of the phone actually is too much for me it's too much for my back so i thought you know let me do podcasts let me kind of let people in on what's been going on and also I love to sh share I feel like as corny as it sounds like everything that happens is for us you know one of the things that would go in my head when I was going through this deep depression a few years ago and everything seemed to be falling apart was I kept telling myself this is happening for you not against you this is happening for you not against you and this is going to help now i feel like this is going to help grow me as painful as it is chronic pain it just it just consumes you and something came like in my mind and i kind of and i wrote it down and it's pain and disability it changes you Re it makes you realize who you really are how 
we are both resilient and fragile. It makes you more aware of your power. And these are kind of the things when when I'm not trying to distract myself, or I'm not trying to recover, or I'm not doing different meditations or different things to kind of like figure out what it is that I can do with everything that's going on. One thing I know is that it does it does get better. One of the things that I'm working on is those like highs and lows because I'll have these highs of like I'll be feeling better like 100 and I have to like remind my body like listen we are not 100 just because sometimes when I'm not experiencing pain my body's like thinks it's like oh I'm not in any pain so I'm 100% we should be walking we should be gone you know it just thinks and I'm like no 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 First of all, if we do too much, then the next day I'm going to be too jacked. You know, I'm not going to be able to like really move. And so it's trying to find those balances when you're having this chronic like ongoing pain. It's like keeping yourself balanced. It's it's more than like emotional regulation. Like I had to learn what emotional regulation having grown up in trauma growing up in in a certain way in a household where there's like there wasn't boundaries we didn't learn none of those things because obviously our parents uh, didn't know any of those things and so this is a you know I was like oh now I have learned emotional regulation and it's like great because when you have chronic pain it's a whole other level you know when I have days of pain I just I would tend to spiral like just very bleak like I'm never gonna walk normally again like it's just gonna get worse like it was just horrible you know and I've had just these moments of like you know uh, people that are you know disabled and are and and are like I would think oh you know they're sitting down and and then they're they're at least able to like go outside and have a normal life and stuff like that just really dumb dumb thinking you know like we get catastrophized like and compare I don't even know if that was our, our lives to to other people and and like it's just really I would just go through these spirals of like not seeing that I am going to get better it's not going to get worse I'm not going to be stuck at home and not be able to go outside and it's been incredibly like isolating and lonely and so when I'm when I think I'm getting better, but then I have those days that I am feeling horrible, or like my back, and it feels like I hurt myself, and I spiral, and I just go into these thoughts, and I think to myself, you know, I have to get a hold of these highs and lows because they're not good for me, especially you know on those days that I I am feeling like I'm a hundred percent, and I could just go outside. I feel like I'm trapped inside of my body like I'm I'm 100 and my mind's 100 and I'm good and I'm feeling normal and let's just walk let's just walk normally like let's just go like and I'm like no <laughs> like I have to bring myself at a, at a like at a middle middle ground and help myself you know understand that you know this is normal now we have highs and lows so that when I have my lows I won't let myself sink into that you know I'll be like listen 
today isn't the best day. And that was another thing too that I had to learn. Like, listen, today doesn't mean that because your morning started off a certain way that your evening is going to be different. You know, like I had to learn that. to learn and normalize that just because my day is starting out like energized and 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 feeling like I'm ready to go doesn't necessarily mean and that's not being negative it's just allowing myself to realize that this is my new normal the nights may be harder I may be more in pain you know if I'm in pain in the morning I might be just fine in the evening And I also had to learn that because I am working with my uh, physical therapist, I had to start learning about what is soreness and what is pain. My body, um, I had to get, um, I'm now having a massage therapist come and my sister has actually um, been kind enough to pay for those massages so that someone can, that's another thing, I could just go into insurance, but let's, I'm trying to save my energy. Um, but yeah, she, my, my sister, shout out to my sister, um, Dunya, who has been incredible at, uh, just being like an amazing sister and helping me out. But yeah, her and I have another sister who has been picking me up and taking me to my appointments and has seen me cry and like, just has been mothering me in the just most like sweetest, kindest way. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. That's another thing I have to look at when I am having those highs and lows and just catastrophizing and spiraling. It's like remembering how far our family has come and how much they're like taking care of me, right? So part of the massage therapy is that she comes and like gives light massages to kind of like calm down my body so that it's not so heightened on the pain and just like makes me aware that everything's okay. Because we, we, we go through some type of trauma, like with our bodies, our bodies will be on constant alert. Like that whole thing about the body keeping the score, it's a, it's a book and it's so true. If you've ever watched interviews or read the book, it's so true. It's like the body just becomes as tense, your muscles. And she made me realize even that I wasn't even breathing on the side that I was in pain, my right side. She was like, you know, you're not really breathing with your right lung and that happens because your body's protecting itself so it'll just move to the other side so she had like to teach me how to breathe like put an air into my right lung um yeah it was just amazing like the things that that you're i'm learning throughout this whole process and what what just a day can bring what when we think about emotional regulation, it's like a whole other um, level. I have these talking points that I'm looking at so I can like share with you guys again. But one of the things is like, this is the new normal and that's something that was hard to accept. I think we get stuck in, in 
how hard it is to accept our, our new reality and what that means when it comes to surrendering. And what does it mean to surrender? Like, and it's this acceptance. And once you accept, you also are allowed to let go and to just allow yourself to heal and like move forward. And that's what I'm realizing. I'm having to learn how to accept this new normal, surrender to it, accept it so that I can move forward and get better because I want it to be the way it was. And so I'm not staying in the present to recover and I'm not looking at like, I will walk normally again. Everything is going to be okay. Focus on just your recovery and normalizing this. And that has been a big way of learning how to normalize. So part of that is learning to trust myself again, having to let go of shame, blame, and all this guilt when she would do the massage the first time and was massaging my back. And I'm sorry, guys, if you hear any like noise in the background, my heater's on, the airplanes, <laughs> you can hear. And I'm also putting my phone to check the notes, but then I have to put it down. Um, but anyways, having to let go of the shame, blame, and that guilt, I had a lot of self-judgment about how I didn't take care of myself, how I allowed this to happen and why wasn't I more careful and why didn't I, you know, push my doctors to like check me more and and when I did, why why wasn't I more careful? It was just like nonstop judging myself and that weighed in on me emotionally and and, and psychologically because I was in constant blame like you did this to yourself why did you do this to yourself look where you're at how can you know it's just horrible and I would always like the funny thing is like when I would get the massage and she would touch the place where I was hurt that's when all this would come up it was stored in there like as soon as she would touch it a little voice would be Look what we did to ourselves. And even now I get emotional because it was just like so much blame. And I know it was also a voice of like my past, always feeling like the survival mode. Like we always feel we should know everything when we're in survival mode. We, sh- we should be on, on our game. We should know what's coming. We should be, you know, 10 steps ahead. And when we're not, there's this terrible like, judgment and guilt and look you you put your wall down and you didn't do this and you didn't do that you know it's just all this blame about you should have known better and you grow up with this guilt um especially i feel if you have childhood trauma you can continuously like study like your parents in this chaos and and you feel like if you just got control of everything if you just knew everything None of this would happen. You think you can control everything. And so you grow up thinking, and for a lot of us, like, we need to know everything. We should always be prepared. And when we're not, when we let our walls down a little bit, like, we never really learn to trust ourselves because we're continuously trying to control. And at the same time, we can't control anything. So when something goes off, like, we're just judging ourselves so harshly. And we don't know how to do self-love and learning and fail and all of that and that for me really came up while dealing with all of this and trying to learn through this process and another thing was 
you know, the view of um, vulnerability and, and what that meant. And I learned so much about this because I've been learning how to be more vulnerable in relationships and be more vulnerable when it comes to being a mother and opening myself up and humbling myself. But definitely like vulnerability when it comes to you being hurt and having to ask for help because if you are someone you know for a lot of us are very independent overly independent um and don't know how to ask for help you know and just feel like you're being weak because you're having to ask for help well this just took me to a whole other level because i thought that i was doing a good job like being vulnerable but I think a lot of the times when we're vulnerable, you kind of still try to control it. You're like, I'm going to be vulnerable, but I'm going to need to check off these boxes. <laughs> and I thought I was, you know, being vulnerable. And, and in a sense, I was learning. But being vulnerable and understanding and learning to ask for help and letting yourself cry. Like, I have, okay, I have cried in front of everybody and their mom. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Like paramedics doctors like complete strangers like in front of my family like i've never even cried in you know in front of some family members i was just like i don't you know just because i could never be vulnerable with people and i don't ever really think it's about others it's about ourselves it's about like trusting ourselves that we can hold space for ourselves and that others people's reaction doesn't matter you know their reaction to us being vulnerable or quote feeling like we're weak or whatever it's not about them it's not about their uncomfortableness it's not about like their reaction or anything um it's just about holding space for ourselves like i'm crying i'm human i'm hurt you know i'm sensitive right now and i need to let it out and that's something uh, (laughs) that i had to that i was learning that it was really about holding space for myself and how far i've come to be able to be vulnerable in front of others and not feel like I'm weak or that I'm threatened or that I let people see me, you know, like in the most vulnerable state and it just made me feel so raw and that it doesn't matter that I'm still a strong person, that I'm still who I am and I'm not in any way less than. And one other thing, I'm looking through my talking points. (laughs) Bear with me. And I won't be... I can't edit these podcasts, so I apologize in advance for the pauses and the ums and all of that, (laughs) Um, because with my energy, which I will be talking about next, I cannot edit, so I just have to get jump on here, because going back to the importance of creating and not just consuming, we need a balance in that, we need to be able to create as much as we're consuming and even more so i would say not to burn out but to create to kind of and you know for me one of those ways is telling a story using my voice i'm sharing with my community um and this is one way that i'm able to do it while i'm in the situation that i'm in and so Uh, going back to the importance of energy i didn't realize you know when you're recovering especially in the beginning everything is is so exhausting like i didn't realize like i couldn't even hold my phone up 
because your back is connected to everything so I would hold my phone up and I'd be all like messed up like the next day and I realized that it was my phone and I would be reaching over maybe to my laptop because I'd put it next they put it next to me my bed and I was like I can't be using my right arm too too much because it affects my back and then I'm not that great the next day and I have to tell people that you know when they do call on the phone and want to talk to me I have to tell people listen I only have about 20 to 10 minutes I have to get off the phone I'm tired I'm sorry I hope that you understand and having those boundaries with not just with other people because I feel people are understanding but with yourself you can't be there in the conversation or with people or with anything the same way you have to be very careful with the energy that you're exerting and that recovery requires us to sit still whether we like it or not to sleep more to rest more to also watch our thoughts a lot of the time you know our thoughts can be like i said very negative very judgy there's a lot of shame and guilt and uh, that believe it or not takes so much energy and recovery requires so much love and rest and understanding and i also had to um circulation was very important when do i stand up when do i lay down when do i listen to my body you know what is what is being tired but what you know what do i have to do to also help myself recover at the same time and my digestion changed you know i do a lot of walking i've done a lot of walking running exercise and my digestion changed so something my intuition told me to switch over to being vegetarian to give up meat because it's easier to digest if you're in a vegetarian um diet of course they didn't say all that but it just something just said give up meat and i'm listening i'm like okay that sounds like something that makes sense i'm i'm learning to love myself i'm learning to self care different let me listen to this thing that is telling me to go into a diet to a vegetarian diet and has it been easy no <laughs> especially when you have mexican family members and they bring you sopas and pollo <laughs> chicken soup and all of that and you're like no <laughs> it should be fine but i think it's actually something deeper than just saying no to me because it's only been i think maybe 2 weeks and i feel clearer you know and i wouldn't go as far as like oh it's you know the me it's nothing trust me it's not about giving up meat or anything i think sometimes uh sacrificing something or giving up something or listening to intru- intuition when it's telling us to give something up for a while because it's it helps clear something you know and that's what i think it's for me i'm i'm i don't know if the word is sacrificing or i'm giving up something i'm clearing something and that just has like opened up something for me and and so every time that i want some me <laughs> i'm like no 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 you got to wait but it doesn't feel like maybe i'm using the wrong word like such a sacrifice and oh my god you know it just feels like listen this is helping you now um and it's good for you to to give up something sometimes you know um i've definitely never been vegetarian so it's learning 
what I can and can't eat. And I think it's more about listening to my intuition and trusting myself. I think that ha that's what it has to do with. I would say it has to do with trust. Um, I trust you. I asked you to do something and you're doing it and you're, you know, you're listening to that little voice. I'm like, no, 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 you know, we don't do that. <laughs> and that's how I'm building self-trust. And I'm, of course, I'm using affirmations, but more so I'm just speaking to myself in a more, in a kinder way. And one of the things talking about like affirming myself and being kinder Myself, you know, my my me time and my self-help has always been journaling. I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, I'm all about journaling and I've been doing that since I was 15 without realizing it. Um, when I talk about growing up uh, with, in the environment that I grew up, I didn't even know that I had journaling and I had, um, and I had dancing as well. I loved dancing as a kid. I mean, I would wait for my parents to leave when the house was quiet. And I remember I would just blast the radio. Like, I would dance all over the, the living room and I would just feel so free. I felt like I can fly, like I could soar and I can leave my environment. I can leave my body in a sense. I can take my body out of this this chaos that was going on that I felt that I had no control over. And it was so freeing. And what I learned is that, again, with that whole, the body keeping the score and then learning from a woman that when we shake things off, just like how dogs shake, you actually are releasing any negative or anything. Um, and I won't say like the exact thing because I don't remember what she said, but it just made so much sense on why when I would dance and I would shake and I would just move and let my body do whatever it did, I was releasing all of that tension, all of the things that I had no voice for. I remember someone describing that dancing, that's, that, that is when you love to write, but then some things that just, there's no words. And that's what dancing was. When there were no words, when there was no release, nothing, dancing did that for me and it was so sacred it was my sacred space until i found journaling and it was so journaling was so sacred to me because it was my confidant it was the things that i could not speak out loud it was something you know it was like a loved one to me it was the, the most intimate and things that i just couldn't even voice to myself didn't even know were there they would just appear on these pages and I would just write and write and it was amazing and that was taken away from me you know I can't I can't really write uh, because I'm laying down so I can't really use my right hand and, and like write a lot and that was extremely difficult in the first few weeks I would say days I'm going on month three which is crazy to me um, it was absolutely devastating to me not to be able, and even now when I think about it, to be able to write and let every all of these emotions out. It was absolutely like devastating to me and I feared and I had such a big fear that my depression would, you know, come back in full force because I definitely went through a depression. 
a deep depression. What I discovered is that I was depressed for years. It wasn't just an episode of depression. It's actually like I had moments of being out of it. <laughs> and I had to learn. I went to therapy and I learned tools and everything. And finally, I was out of that pit. Um, and I had such a big fear that it would come back because it's normal to have chronic pain and have depression because it's a very depressing thing. And I had such fears about it. Thank God that, yes, I had those moments, but it didn't suck me back in because I had to learn other ways to journal and I had to do like a voice recording, a voice journal. So what I started doing was recording my voice, which which wasn't easy for me because, you know, the thing about journaling and the thing that it's so special is that you're, you don't even know what's going to come out, right? And then it's all in your, your, your mind, your spirit. It's coming from your heart, wherever it's coming from. And it was so hard to say things out loud, to hear it. It was, it was so, you know, the word raw comes up again. There was like shame for the things I was thinking. There was like, wow, it's out loud. It's almost like, oh my God, I let it out. It's out of you know, it's out in the, the universe and people can hear it. I can hear it, which is the biggest, like I think when concern, I can hear it. It's real. When I was in my journal, I can write it and close it and put it away. And it was sacred, you know, and it was in, in a little box in a sense. And I could close it and lock it. And no one can get to it, especially me. <laughs> And I can kind of deny what I wrote down maybe, but in voice, it was out loud and I couldn't hold it. And I think it was good for me because I think it's helping me be a better communicator, um, better at processing, better at remembering things, better speaker, um, allowing those thoughts, uh, allowing myself time to really think and process and let it out and when it came to dancing I can't dance I couldn't um, I hurt myself and so I, I had to use my visualization so I would every day I close my eyes and I put on my headphones and I put whatever recording I uh, usually reggaeton does it because I love reggaeton and who doesn't love Bad Bunny? <laughs> Um, and I'll just blast it and what I do is I close my eyes and I dance I dance all over and I see myself healthy and dancing and moving all over and one thing that I learned that popped up is I was listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza and I feel like these messages just come but he was saying how and I think Harvard did a study or something of they put a cast on people's hands where you couldn't move your hand. And one group, they said, okay, don't do anything, just wear the cast, live your life. And the other group said, you know, I know you can't move your hand, but I want you to visualize and imagine it, that you can. And when the test groups came back, they noticed that the group that they told to visualize actually had less weakness uh, because they had been visualizing so the muscles were working even though they couldn't move their hand 
So when I learned that, I was like, wow. So even though I'm visualizing dancing, that's going to help my muscles. That's going to help my movement. That's going to, you know, muscle memory and all that. And that's what it's felt like because in the beginning, it was hard for me to visualize it. I'm someone that, that's good at visualizing, but I couldn't. It hurt to visualize it. It hurt because at first I couldn't, and then I could, and then it hurt because I couldn't really dance. And it was painful, but I pushed through, and it feels good. I get the endorphins that I get from dancing. Um, it's absolutely incredible, and I'm so, so grateful that I was able to find other ways because otherwise, honestly, without my journaling, without my dancing, of course, I have a great therapist. But on the days that, you know, I don't have someone to talk to, um, there's no one available. And I honestly, sometimes it's great to have people to talk to, but to be able to have you and your tools to go to um, to help your, yourself pull out. I mean, there's there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than pulling yourself out of that dark hole and knowing, like, I have this, this, and that. And sometimes you just have to sit in it. <laughs> That's difficult, too. Sometimes I've had to sit in the pain. Sometimes I couldn't ignore it. Sometimes I have to talk to it. And it tells me what's going on. And sometimes it's hard because it connects me to the past. And it triggers something, but it's also healing something for me. And that takes me to the next thing that came up. things that I've gained from having had this chronic pain this injury in a sense has been just having one of the biggest breakthroughs um, and realizing what I had been suppressing or holding on to for so long and kind of had just put it in the back of my mind and I think that happens when we kind of are used to our environment and we kind of because of survival mode or whatever it may be we just kind of normalize it and just kind of say it was part of that and then just move on so I had something happen that was very violent when I was 15 where I couldn't sit or stand for too long and you know we didn't go to the hospital we didn't say anything because obviously being in the environment that I was in being an immigrant all of those things it was just normalized something that happened but that was probably an event that was really difficult even for the people around it they couldn't ignore kind of what was going on but they did um and during a session with my therapist, I was saying, you know, she had asked me, what does it remind you of? Or what is coming up for you? Just how are you feeling? Or I think it wasn't even anything direct, honestly. 
I just clicked because I was saying, you know, I can't sit for a long time. I definitely can't stand for a long time. And it just clicked. And then she, yeah, that was it. And then she asked, oh, what is coming up for you? What's going on? I said, I can't sit or stand. <laughs> um, and I said, it's just like that time when I was little and something very violent happened. And I think that's what's happening. And I said, the, the only difference this time is that although I didn't break anything and when they looked at the CT scan or x-ray, nothing had come up, uh, people believed me. You know, they believed something was going on, but they didn't know. And when you're, you know, when you, when there is alcoholism, drug addiction, domestified, things like that, it's almost like you're living in this, like, insane world <laughs> that is so normalized that when people, when you as a child, your intuition is like, something's not right here. Why are the adults acting the way they act? Why, you know, we just don't understand. And everyone around you is in this toxic environment. It just becomes a way of life. And you feel like you're the crazy person. Like, what is your problem that you can't seem to just get with the program? <laughs> Even though you don't dare voices, that's kind of how it feels. Well, come full circle, because again, um, our body keeps all of that. What happened was that this time I was just extra sensitive, I felt, or why am I so emotional? Why am I? And I was thinking I'm, I'm depressed or I was just, but I, you know, people touching my back and me like just like wanting to go on, you know, putting myself in a little ball and like, by the way, that, that act that happened was, um, which I won't go into, it was on my back. Um, I was like, you know, I was just, I just felt extra, extra sensitive and, and it and it didn't have to do with being in pain. It was just so emotional and me having that session with my therapist and figuring that out and then going on to have a conversation about that with the person, um, I don't know it was just like this is what would have I didn't say anything I didn't go into the hospital nothing it, it was like again it was pushed under the rug like many things at that time and I felt like this time was a way to come full circle like people were checking in on me and they were like are you okay and I remember that the hospital the nurses were like you know we hear you're not a complainer so if you're in pain you need to tell us like it's okay you're not bothering us you can tell us we're here to help you and the doctor is like really coming in and checking on me asking me all these questions and okay what medication do you need do we need to up it do you this is happening what else are we going to add um having a conversation listening to me about describe how it's been years and now it's like exacerbated and now I'm in the hospital and 
I don't know, it just felt like I was healing what should have happened in the past. I was a little girl and I should have gone to the hospital. Uh, People should have been around this whole team of people that were trying to help me. That's what I should have had back then. And them caring and being compassionate and asking me questions and and having my family rally around me and everyone being there, you know, helping me, I felt like that was healing what happened when I was 15. It was healing. It was acknowledging that something happened. It was acknowledging that I was in pain. It was validating something um, for me, for everything that was happening around me. And I had such a big breakthrough and it brought up a lot of stuff to the surface and conversation that I never had before and me standing up for myself and and talking about it and saying things like you know that happened and and it's even up to now I mean I have a 24 year old daughter now 25 year old daughter and this is now coming up and it stays with you I just kind of want you guys to know that maybe you haven't lived something so extreme or maybe you have or maybe it's even been more that that doesn't go away that stays with you even if we don't talk about it and I'm not saying I'm not definitely not telling people what to do to talk about it or nothing I'm kind of just letting you know my experience just to know that if you felt when maybe you were injured or your body acts a certain way when something happens I just kind of want to help acknowledge you on that um to listen to that and to find your own way to work through it with the help of someone a counselor definitely a therapist uh, which I had because that was very helpful she um held a lot of space for me I was able to talk uh With the person, which happened at that time, I was able to communicate how I was feeling. I was um, able to walk through everything and heal and recover and focus on what's happening now and what happened back then and how it's affecting and kind of heal all that. And I think that was one of the biggest, you know, besides my family kind of all coming together and all of us healing and being there for one another and kind of like evolving us and appreciating each other and and accepting one another that was one of the biggest things and i and i share all this stuff and i say all that to say is to help acknowledge whatever has been going on with you and maybe validate you in a sense that maybe there was something that happened and, and you're thinking why am i extra sensitive or does this have to do with that and should I talk to someone and and maybe learn how to validate yourself, but also show compassion with yourself um, and maybe talk to someone about it uh, when you're ready. But that certainly was my experience and I'm happy. Sometimes we can't validate those things. Sometimes in that moment to keep us safe, we're not able to. That's part of it too. I think some people have a lot of guilt of like, why didn't I voice or why didn't I, you know, it's just a lot of shame and things wrapped up around that. But I think at that time, you know, we did or things happen uh, to keep us in the safest space. But 
years later, something brings us full circle and let's take that opportunity to help validate and heal that. And I was blessed enough to be able to do that because I now had the circle of people that and and um, a big credit to myself, right, for doing the work. This is what doing the work is all about is most importantly, it's having people around you. But I think the biggest thing is to acknowledge all of the work that I've been doing, all of the tools that I've been incorporating, you know, all of the lessons and the evolution and all of that uh, to be able to do that. And again, grateful to have surrounded with people um, from family to people to even strangers. I'll talk a little bit about that in a bit. Uh, to be able to heal that and come full circle and I'm like so grateful Um, another thing is you know my sister healing like this mother and father wounds that I've carried my sister (laughs) her name is Esme she's super like just I love seeing her mother children her and my other sister are just amazing mothers and seeing them mother their children so different from the way we grew up um, is beautiful to see their patience and their their kindness and their just knowing intuitively sometimes what to do has been just such a blessing but so she's been picking me up right and taking me to all my doctor's appointments and all this stuff and so she's seen me at my worst just like crying a mess guys like but i mean it's been a mess and she's like it's gonna be okay and like all this stuff and i'm like eating it up okay because first of all i haven't been that vulnerable with someone to just have a complete breakdown of like losing it and like just crying uncontrollably and thinking I'm not going to be okay and here's my sister just allowing her to mother me you know because in the beginning I was definitely holding it and waiting for people to leave and crying on my own and like all this stuff and one of the biggest things is that we were at the neurosurgeon and you know uh, he thought it was one thing and he was like if it's this we'll just We'll do an operation nothing too invasive um but that'll help you and then you can get back to a normal life and blah, blah blah right so we do the test i go back and he unfortunately says you know we'll have good news and not so great news he's like what we thought it was you know it's not you know in which is good news but the other news is that we don't know what it is and although I, I know I know he had mentioned that, you know, if it's not that, we just keep looking. Being that it's been months and I like I, you know, like I mentioned, I feel like isolated and I've been at home and all this stuff. Um, I was sad and, and, you know, like I said, I, I'll get sad. I'll tear up in front of people. And I was, you know, I've. I've learned to watch my emotions. I already know the waterworks are coming, so I've been able to breathe through them. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm not... I'm going to acknowledge that's difficult, but I'm going to breathe and know that we're going to figure this out. So we leave, and I'm in the car, and I guess I have a moment and just started crying. Like, And my sister looks over, and she's like, it's okay, like, you're going to be okay. And then she's like, (laughs) so cute. She's like... Do you want to get something to eat? 
like I was a little ass kid but not in the condoms anyway obviously but just in a, the sweetest I don't know but my little girl ate that shit up okay I was like yes <laughs> she was like what do you want to get do you want to get some jack in the box or something because I love jack in the box rice <laughs> and I'm like yeah can we go to jack in the box she's like okay <laughs> And uh, she's like, okay. And then even when Jack, do you want anything else? Do you want to get some snacks? <laughs> and I was like, can I get some ice cream? <laughs> and she's like, sure, I'll stop by the store and I'll get you, I'll drop you off and then I'll get you some snacks. <laughs> and I was just like eating it up, guys. I was just like, I don't know, you know, in these moments. So I didn't really grow up with my mom. My dad raised us. And, you know, in these moments where I have, you know, I grew up without my mom and I think it's throughout life. I I've was the good thing, I guess, with me that was very resilient is that I accepted my mom for who she was. I never had this, I guess they call it this wishful thinking that kids get or something like that where they fantasize, they think their parents or they they fantasize their parents coming back or whatever I didn't do that I accepted my mom I lived with her I knew who she was you know but um and I and that allowed me to kind of move on anytime or that people brought up stuff I was like well I mean I know who my mom my mom is just that's just not in the place she's at you know um and so I never fantasize um and, but in these moments when it, when it has been extremely difficult, I have like thought, I wish um, I had that type of mom, you know, not necessarily mine. And that's no dig to her or anything. Like I said, I, I, I know who she was and I accepted her, but I do wish for my sister's kind of mothering, the way they mother, you know, I, um, I know when they're older and their kids go through that they're going to be there you know and so th in those moments I had a want for that and my sisters gave me that and I'm like getting emotional um they all have they've all like in one way or another have given me that it's funny how we'll ask for things you know like in our own way be sad for things but then we get them in another way you know my sister babying me like a little you know <laughs> like a little kid being sad about something and the mom knowing exactly what to do you know my sister in vegas uh gathering up the, the family and group texts and like just on it like okay how are we all gonna help and my other sister ordering me food and like you know checking in on me and all this stuff has just healed so much you know and like just acknowledge that and and it's like here we are thinking like i'm i'm missing this or i don't have anything but it's like you do have it you have it in a sense and it just doesn't it may not be in the way you think you should have it but it's definitely in the way that you need it I don't know if that makes sense but I have definitely been mothered in the time that I needed um the paramedic who took me to the hospital you know 
uh, he was this this guy and he was so like a dad um he said the sweetest kindest things he's like i know that you're in so much pain but you know it's just we're almost there and you're gonna be okay and you're strong and i and everything's gonna be okay from this like stranger at my neurosurgeon's office after i got the news i i had to wait for my sister to go get the car and i'm standing there by myself and my walker <laughs> like a little eighty year old lady um and he passes by and most people pass by and look at me because it's not expected for me i guess to be in a walker you know you usually see you know elderly people right or someone in a cast or something something apparent i guess and and they just kind of look at me and look down or look at me and look confused and it's just an awkward situation but here's this guy who says hey how are you doing today and i'm like good thank you and he's like oh this beautiful sun right and you know blah blah just making small talk and and he's like oh yeah you know i can't wait to go home and this and that and and i said yeah i said you know sounds great and i don't know what i said to him i don't remember i'm like yeah well you know um it's it's nice to be out at least you get to be out i told him <laughs> and he's like he goes yeah soon enough um something like you will too he's like you're gonna get through this i can tell by your spirit um everything's going to be okay and i was like and then walks away and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> all of those things you know from just signs like that of having the absolute you know worst setback uh that i felt uh one time where i was just laid out and and i felt like i had such a big setback and i started crying i was in so much pain and Oh, that I asked spirit to give me a sign that I'm going to walk again, that everything, you know, normally again, um, that I'm going to get back to walking and being outside and, and that it's, everything's going to be okay. I need a sign. And usually I think I feel like when I've asked for signs, it takes a few days, sometimes a few weeks. And so I kind of just asked for the sign of showing me a pineapple you know, the most random thing, um, because I was in the refrigerator and there was pineapple juice. I'm like, show me a pineapple. You know, I need a pineapple, I need a sign. So I kind of just said it. And then I was like, you know, I guess in the next few days, and literally I was watching a program and people were eating a pineapple and it was cut up and it was like at some restaurant. And I was like, is that a pineapple? And I was like, oh my God, I think they're eating a pineapple. And then I thought to myself, okay spirit i'm gonna need more more i'm gonna need like an actual pineapple like i just i'm gonna need you to show it <laughs> you know again i thought oh in the next few days and in the same show the people um go to some ice cream shop or something and there's this giant pineapple on the wall and i was like oh my god and i just started crying <laughs> And I was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And not to say I haven't had my up and down since then, because I, I still do. But it's nice to have those signs. It's nice to have, um, you know, those mother and father wounds, um, the, the things that come to you in the form that 
that you may not even have expected but still like give you what you need so i wanted to to share with you guys those signs and also another big lesson is i talked about surrender how accepting what is has just freed me so much um and it's a journey with that as well this about creating instead of consuming has been so therapeutic to me um to be able to share this with you guys and i hope that you get something out of it and that it helps you in a way um i'm also hoping to keep myself accountable to continue to share every week um whatever has come up for me and um it's a way of staying accountable it's a way to continue to create i also wanted to do leave you with some journal questions because i love me a good journal question <laughs> um so one of the thing one of the questions was that i have been asking myself is what is this pain experience trying to tell you so ask yourself anything you're going through it doesn't have to be obviously chronic pain it can be but just an experience that you feel has just like changed everything really sit with it and ask yourself what is this pain slash experience trying to tell me and another question is what do you do when your self-care ritual is no longer available I had to think of the way I heal, the way I hold sacred space for myself, the way I get into my body and or get out of it. I had to look at another way. So what is another form that maybe you can do self-care? That is all for today. Thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. Um And again, please share. That always helps reach more people. <laughs> Once again, thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon.